0: Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Economics Friday with Canada's hardest working economist, Eric Lascelles. Eric, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing fine, thank you. We were just saying it's a
0: cold day. It's
1: a very cold day. We're all glad to be uh, not outside right now, but uh, otherwise, all is fine. Thanks very much. I should say, notwithstanding, and I'll be the only person complaining about this, but notwithstanding the U.S. job numbers, which were really quite strong, and I'm sure we'll get into that, uh, but I, I, I've been looking for the economy to weaken. So I, I, I don't like them personally, but I must say it's good for literally every other person, I suppose.
0: That, that, that's right. So uh, cold, cold in Toronto, hot job numbers. Actually kind of warm where I am too, because I'm in, I'm in California. Eric's uh, Eric's worried about having to cancel a family cross-country ski uh, excursion tomorrow. I'm contemplating maybe doing some surfing, but that's a uh, diff, diff, different world. So that, so. But but, but what, what again, what's really hot and what is, I, I mean, it has to be a massive surprise are these, these job numbers out of the U.S. this morning. It just keeps confounding, well, the experts uh, in terms of, of how these jobs just keep coming and coming and coming, unemployment rate down to, why don't I let you take it away? You do a better job than I do.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, even, even so, I guess maybe the headline's worth sharing. So if you have 517,000 new jobs, the consensus was for fewer than 200,000. That's a big, that's a big month. That is the biggest month we've seen since I like think spring of last year. And even that was a bit of an outlier when it, when it arrived. So this is, this is a lot of job creation. And the backdrop is one in which we've seen, I would say, surprisingly robust job creation throughout over the last six months or, or so. And, uh, you know, I, I, I keep saying, and it's true that, you know, if you kind of squint a little bit, you can see bit of softness here and there. And okay, initial jobless claims are still really low, but continuing jobless claims are starting to rise. And a couple of months ago, you could say that the other employment survey, the household employment survey was significantly lagging. And then last month it played catch up in a big way and it's not that much anymore. So that story kind of vanished. And then, you know, you could say as of last month that, well, you know, the job creation is still quite good. It was, you know, running uh, at, as originally announced, 223,000 jobs a month ago. Uh, But that was, you know, weaker than the prior month and weaker than the month before that. There was a downward trend in place and it was, you know, ultimately the weakest print. This is for December. It had been the weakest print since late 2020. So, you know, at least there was some deceleration that was consistent with weakness. And then we got this uh, Goliath and none of that really seems to apply. So I guess the conclusion is that we're still seeing quite a strong labor market. It's a a curious thing because it seems to me every time I read the papers, they are filled ever more with fairly large companies uh, resizing their labor forces in a way that yields the loss of several thousand jobs at each turn. It seems that isn't yet enough to to move the needle. And I guess the fact that I'm using the word yet suggests that I'm still skeptical this can persist totally indefinitely. You know, classically, the labor market is a lagging indicator. And so it, it's, you know, you don't see job losses until the recession it is several months underway, so we're not in one of those right now. Uh, you do normally see significant weakening of job creation a few months before recession. So I guess we can say, as as of this indicator, we shouldn't expect a recession before the spring at the absolute earliest, which by the way seems quite reasonable to me we 're thinking it's it 's a, a mid year kind of kind of proposition uh, but yeah, the job number's looking great, and just to throw an extra Uh, Hot number onto the barbecue here. We could say the ISM services index just came out also for January uh, and it just popped. It just went from 49, which meant contraction below 50 uh, to 55. And I mean, the weird thing is it had fallen from 55, 56 the prior month. So basically we had this huge drop one month and it's since been completely unwound. So we've just had a number of very strong indicators. I will say uh, the timing of our conversations is not always ideal, Dave. So we're always in this kind of scramble mode of, oh, another strong job number. And so when, when will we learn, I suppose? Uh, but I will say the intervening month usually has a more mixed Billing And so here we are sitting on two very hot numbers. Uh, However, uh, retail sales in the US have now fallen for two consecutive months, both in November and December. Uh, Industrial production, another big, really important indicator uh, in the US has fallen for two consecutive months as well. That's starting to say something we think Uh, the ISM manufacturing index, it's the twin of the service index. Uh, It's Falling still, it's below fifty. The new orders are now getting down into quasi-recessionary territory. So I wouldn't say that this is a story of the economy just beautifully sailing along. It's a story of the labor market, in particular, proving surprisingly resilient as we do see evidence of other things at least starting to soften.
0: So, 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 Eric, I, I, I and just to just to come back to and I, you, you touched on it in, in your comments, but you know, a lot. I, I'm I'm at a conference here, and and you know, everyone. The question is, are are we in a recession? When will we be in a recession and referring to the U.S. in general, and obviously that spills over into Canada. Um, From what you're saying, we're, we're not in a recession right now with job numbers that are that strong.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Or, yeah, I guess you could say, well, technically, you can't say you know, definitively until a few months after it's begun. But but still, the fact for that for job sure. creation isn't slowing suggests pretty strongly we're not right now. In fact, it's, it's quite fortuitous in a different way that we are talking now, despite the job numbers uh, crimping my style a little bit. Uh, and that's because <laughs> we've just finished our quarterly business cycle uh, scorecard update. And so okay. we're using business cycles one way of triangulating to a recession or not and that kind of thing. Uh, and, and so I, I can say that Um, That's remaining pretty firm in its conviction that we are towards the very, very end of a cycle and nearing perhaps a recession. Uh, End of cycle is is still the most popular claim. That's been true for three straight quarters. This is the third consecutive quarter that that's been true. So it's been true for about six months. Um, The recession counterclaim is strengthening. So that is getting stronger. Uh, There are fewer inputs arguing that we're only late in the cycle. So in other words, it seems as though we're moving even further beyond. So I would say that's still consistent with a recession. We do still think one's more likely than not. And it doesn't seem to be a Q1. We'll debate whether it's a Q2 proposition, but it, it does still seem pretty likely you uh, using separate tools, we've been arguing that whereas the risk used to be 80% plus, it's maybe now 70% or a bit below. So things have gotten better as markets have rebounded and China has reopened and inflation has come down. So let, let's be clear about that. There has been some genuine good news. Uh, but at the end of the day, it would be, uh, and this is picked up in this business cycle model in part, it would be extraordinarily unusual for yield curves to invert it as profoundly as they have without a recession coming out the other side. Uh, It would be unprecedented to avoid a recession after having seen an inflation spike of this magnitude. It would be pretty darn unusual to avoid a recession after rate hiking this fast, this aggressive, to this fairly lofty level in this world of, of, of high debt. And so, Still seems more likely than not. The business cycle is still saying probably yes, and you know, as you parse your way through, and I was just looking, and you know the conference board leading indicator has been falling, and that's a pretty reliable sign of recession. And we look at even some some, some quirky things like uh, like RV sales, uh, and and uh, so when RV sales are falling pretty sharply, that usually says something. And of course, you can say. Well, this is a special one because people, you know, bought so much over the prior year that maybe we're just normalizing as opposed to really reflecting some level of true trepidation. And of course, there'd be a, a gas price consideration, maybe as well, with regard to these big, uh, big, heavy gas-consuming RVs. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, the RV sales are, are are plummeting in a way that would normally be consistent with a recession. We go through a hundred different indicators. Uh, you know, not that they're all saying recession, but you know, the, I guess the plurality of them are. The one thing I will say, Dave, and I guess this speaks to that 30% chance, the inverse of the 70, that maybe there isn't a recession. Um, Interestingly, there was a rising fraction of the inputs that claimed that we were at the start of a new cycle. Uh, Now, it was only about 7% of the total. So let the record show other things were were multiples of that. So that's not the best guess. Uh, But yet a couple things saying maybe that was it. Maybe we're maybe we're now rebound. Most of those inputs, by the way, were the usual suspects, the flighty ones. They were, you know, market volatility down and the stock market is up. And it was a lot of it was very much and, and sentiment type measures as well. And so the things that do tend to be jittery and could well say the exact opposite thing two months from now. But nevertheless, I did want to flag. Well, you know, to the extent there's a chance that we avoid something significantly worse, uh, the, the business cycle measure was, was starting to, to at least nod its head in that direction.
0: Very interesting, and uh, and and again, just uh, just confounding these numbers because it uh, it it just doesn't seem like this is where we should be, even with an indicator that, as as you always point out, is a lagging indicator. So m- maybe now we we are going to look back to you know just a couple of days ago, uh, and the Federal Reserve and their announcement to raise rates a quarter point, uh, but try and take their comments afterwards and try and look forward around where we go from here with with interest rates. So uh, Eric, maybe a, a quick synopsis of what was the most important things that you heard out of what the Fed had to say and, and where do you think we head going forward
1: right and so as you said the Fed raised rates again but
0: it was a lesser increase we're down to the 25
1: basis point land which once upon a time would have been the normal pace of tightening but but it's been of course not not the recent trend the Fed was was, was clicking along there at 75 basis point heights for quite a while and has only decelerated recently uh, and so yes a slower pace of tightening and we now have a policy rate and it's of course this confusing range but it's it's you know it's it's sitting in the four and a half to four and three quarters range let's call that four and three quarters. That, that's that's what I feel like doing. So uh, up to four and three quarters, which is a long, long way from the quarter point this all started at uh, really just a year ago at this point in time. So it, it's still a lot of tightening. And I guess if you were to take away the, the Fed comments, uh, it, was, it was a hawkish hike in the sense that uh, they were acknowledging the robustness of job creation, which has become ever more so since. Uh, and uh, they were celebrating that inflation is eased, but it was quite clear, particularly in the press conference, they were not in any way to Declaring victory, and they were still nervous that many parts of the service sector weren't really seeing inflation coming down quite yet. So we're still waiting on some of these second and third order effects to start to, to move lower. I, I do think they will, by the way, but just we haven't seen full cooperation there. And I guess maybe the big takeaway uh, was, and I think, I think I've think i got the quote here from Fed Chair Powell, uh, we are talking about a couple of more rate hikes. And so it seems their default plan, so the debate had been, do they stop at five or do they go a little further? And that signal was, well, it looks like it's a little further because if they do 25 next time, that's five. Uh, and then apparently there's another one after that, that they're penciling in right now. And so uh, I guess, going a little further than previously imagined. And again, in the context of these recent economic numbers, hard to imagine them feeling compelled to stop abruptly before that. So we're heading into the low fives. But I will say, you know, to me, the two equally important comments. One is, uh, you, this is already quite restrictive territory. We've done most of the heavy lifting, so we're in the in the realm of the peak. So most of the the hit is already here and now being absorbed, uh, and and so it's a bit of fiddling at this point as to exactly where it peaks. Uh, and then the other thought is just and you know, don't assume that five or five and a quarter is the new normal. This is an emergency setting in response to an inflation emergency, and they will need to reverse that to some extent later. Uh, I would say many people would argue that a true neutral policy rate might be half the sort of peak that they're dealing with. And so they need to get rid of two, two and a half percentage points at some point out there just to get to normal, let alone if we're in a position where the economy's gone into recession and inflation vanished and and suddenly you're considering some measure of stimulus, if not zero uh, at at that juncture. Uh, And so I guess to that point, markets are playing with the notion that there could be a little bit of rate cutting later this year. Uh, Market has priced as much as, as two rate Cuts in towards the very end of the year on the final quarter. Uh, the Fed was pretty clear in saying that's not their plan, uh, and so you know let let's let's you know be aware of that. The market has subsequently uh, taken a, a little bit out of that pricing um, but nevertheless uh, we're, we're in a position in which yeah I think it is reasonable I think there could be a bit of cutting later this year that would be consistent with our forecast which is you got a recession inflation's coming down a little faster than the market thinks that's one in which you might want to start easing a little bit and you know, let's be clear that it's not in the interests of central banks to signal rate cuts at this point in time they're trying to tighten financial conditions not ease them so I don't think we're going to get a lot of transparency over that until uh, until until you know it's it's, it's absolutely necessary uh, and, and and simultaneously, uh, you know, they they thought they weren't going to do any hiking at all, as of not much more than a year ago. And so we know that uh, forecasting is not an exact science, and so we need to at least hold open that possibility. And I think it's quite reasonable to think there could be a fair bit of cutting come twenty twenty four, in particular.
0: There there is zero incentive for the Federal Reserve to not talk tough right now. Right. And 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 in in any way, whether they're talking about right now and what they're going to do. Um, the next time they meet or what they're going to be doing, let alone later this year, it's just, it just, it, it, makes no sense. So it makes, uh, makes your work harder, uh, when, and, uh, but, uh, but it's, as we all know, it's not about talk, it's about action. Uh, that's what makes the, that that's the most important thing. So, uh, let, let's just take a, a quick second because we've been talking all U S now, mm-hmm. um, the, the Canadian jobs reports out next week and, uh, and, and so we'll see where that falls, Uh, But the Bank of Canada uh, has uh, also raised rates 25 basis points sort of signaled a bit of a different tack than than where we are in the US? Are they going to be able to do that? Or are they going to be, if, if the US continues to go higher, will they be forced higher as well?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, certainly the Bank of Canada and the Fed rhyme and you see very similar patterns when you overlay them on the same chart, uh, but they're not identical. And I'm not predicting quite this, but no, you, you historically see gaps that emerge as large as a couple of percentage points on occasion. I don't see that whatsoever this time, but I think it's entirely reasonable to think that the Bank of Canada could be done at a four and a half, percent policy rate, whereas the Fed could be done at five and a quarter. That's not a, a giant stretch. And I would say markets largely price that. So the currency, therefore, largely reflects that already. So I don't, I don't think there's any great impediment there. And I guess I've I've stolen my thunder, which is to say, so the Bank of Canada says it might be done. They are evaluating whether more might be needed. But uh, it seems quite clear the default plan is, is to pause and, and, and see what happens from here. Uh, I'm assuming they are done-done, but I, I wouldn't guarantee it to the extent that actually Canadian inflation probably hasn't pers- per- behaved quite as well as the U.S. in terms of coming down recently. So that, that's true of a lot of countries outside of the U.S. I think there's been less of a, a helping hand from a currency. The U.S. dollar was rising for so long, and that's a deflationary force. Uh, that's its own separate discussion as the reverse now plays out that could put a bit of a hitch into the inflation improvement in the U.S. and maybe help everybody else. Uh, but, but in the meantime, uh, it seems like a reasonable place to be. Uh, Bank of Canada is among the first to to make that sort of announcement but then again it was among the more aggressive and among the first to get going the uh, year ago and so it, it all holds together fairly well and keep in mind Canada needs a lower peak policy rate we think in large part because it has a more heavily indebted household sector
0: exactly and and that so so we talk about incentives incentive is for the fed to to talk tough incentive because of housing in Canada for the Bank of Canada as and you've mentioned this many times before. To, to, to if they can, to soft pedal a little bit relative to the US.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And uh, I'd I'd like to think they've done enough. I mean, it's a tricky situation in which central banks cannot afford to do too little. So they are biased toward doing too much as opposed to too too little is a disaster because inflation revives and you've lost more credibility and you've got an inflation problem. Doing too much isn't great. You know, get a deeper recession or a deeper downturn and and, and that sort of thing, but it's less costly. And so I I would say central banks are already in a position in which theoretically they've done plenty uh, with regard to... To the forces at work right now, uh, and and so it's a question of how much too much do you want to to do, and are you willing to have a little bit of egg on your face in a scenario in which Bank Canada pauses and then has to go a bit more later? But as it stands right now, four and a half seems like quite a reasonable le- level to me.
0: Excellent. Well, Eric, always uh, always great to hear from you, particularly in uh, in these weeks where there's lots of news uh, that is that is going to impact. Uh, investors and what they uh, should be thinking about doing in their portfolio. Uh, nobody does it better, Eric. Thanks again. My pleasure. Thanks so much.
1: Bye, everybody. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.